are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to Working on Purpose Show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully, meaningfully and productively connect with their work. And it's an extension of the work that I've been doing in research for meaning, work, and identity for the last 15 years. And also complements the work that I get to do at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. And we specialize in organizational transformation. Last week, our conversation was with Jeremy C. Park, who is a corporate executive, philanthropist, and president of City Current. And we talked about how corporate philanthropy and the case for giving for growth, as his book is entitled, allows companies to provide purpose-giving volunteer opportunities to their employees, which increases their fulfillment and engagement and also strengthens the communities in which they live and serve. Very, very energetic conversation we had. For this week's conversation with me is Karen Kaufman, who is the co-founder of the Kaufman Partnership. Karen is an executive coach, consultant, and keynote speaker specializing in executive presence using impression and relationship management. We'll be talking about impression management, how it impacts our business relationships and and the results we want, and how Karen actually works with individuals and companies. Karen, it's great to have you with me. Welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you very much, Elise. She joins us today, by the way, from Philadelphia, a wonderful city. And I have gotten the chance to work with her before. She's fantastic to work with. And if you can't see her her picture, she's lovely as well, as you might imagine. <laughs> I had to say that. Sorry, Karen, since we're talking That's about okay, impressions. Elise. I gotta Thank say you. it. You're welcome. So to get us started here, I don't know how many of our listeners really know what impression management is. So first first a definition. What's impression management? Impression management is taking responsibility for how you are seen by others. It is being both mindful and purposeful in what you communicate and convey, and that includes how you see yourself, because your impression can never be clearer or any clearer than your self-image. Hmm. That, that you said that so crisply, and there's so much there, right? And I think the idea of being very, very clear about that, and I know when I worked with you, Karen, you really did help me see some of the things that I just don't immediately see in myself. They're just so, so natural to me that I'm blind to them. And I well, like- Elise, yes, uh, people are blind to their biggest derailers. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's rather like wandering around and realizing, oh, my gosh, I forgot to put my shirt on today. No wonder people are looking at, looking at me the way that they are, <laughs> right? Yeah. Kind of along those lines. Well, you've been doing this for how long now? Well, let's say north of 25 years. And you talk about working on purpose. Uh, we feel so fortunate. And I also have the privilege of working with my husband, who is my business partner, Don Kaufman. So to be able to work together and live together and really create a business together um, has really been a dream come true, to be able to help other professionals in the same way we've assisted ourselves. Mm. 
I really admire that partnership, and I've, I, I have often wondered how you pull that off. You work together all day long, and then you have dinner together, and you vacation together. It's, it's, it's amazing that you've been able to do that together. It's impressive. Well, thank you. We have a few rules, and one is no business in the bedroom. <laughs> That's wonderful. Not that we always adhere to it, but usually one of us reminds the other. Oh, that's wonderful, Karen. You made me smile and blush. How's that? Well, good. good. <laughs> well, well, let's get into the why of this business mm-hmm. here, Karen. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite books that I love to read is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. So why is it important for our careers as professionals or managers or leaders to manage our impression management? Because business is all about relationships. And people know that, but what they don't know are what are the impression factors that are behind the possibility for good relationships or not good relationships. Because decisions are made in in a few seconds, consciously or unconsciously. Companies used to call us and say, we have a bright person, but... Or we have something that someone that's terrific. Um, they just need a little polish. Or sometimes we would hear, we have a bright person. They just need a little more fire in the belly. Mm-hmm. So we needed to identify what are those factors to take it out of the subjective realm and make it more objective so that people can take action, see their development, and the company can actually measure the development of the individuals in our programs. Mm. That is so important for ROI. That is so, so important. And, and then it makes me wonder then, Karen, is there a difference between impression management for like an individual contributor role, say, versus an executive team member? The scope is different. An executive leading a team must direct others, they must protect others, they must collaborate effectively and be supportive of their team members and, of course, to be a role model at all times. Whereas an individual contributor contributor may have a smaller sphere of influence, yet if they can develop some of these skills, they will have the opportunity to extend their reach and their impact. Mm. You know, that reminds me, Karen, and I'd love your, your commentary on this, is I remember distinctly when I was starting out in my human capital career years ago, and um, I had already been in sales for years, so I understood the importance of, of dressing well, certainly, and presenting yourself well in, in a way that you wanted to, certainly. And I was in a, a corporate environment that was more casual business dress, and I wore a suit every day, a, a, usually a pantsuit every day to work. And my colleagues would laugh at me and say, well, why are you wearing a suit? We don't wear suits around here. And my thought was always, well, because I want to relate to the, the executives on the sixth floor. That's, that's who I'm here for. Yes. Um, your commentary? Well, I think you were very smart because people often dress for the role they currently have. So when leaders look at them, they are only seeing them in that role. You want to be seen as someone that is upwardly mobile and can be in front of some of the company's largest clients. So that's why you want to constantly work to elevate your, your stature, your appearance, your communication, your etiquette, develop your presentation skills so that others will see you 
in those roles. And importantly, you must see yourself in those roles first, which is probably the motivation to continue to develop. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. It gave me such a wonderful memory thinking about that. It was really fun. Um, and, and that makes me wonder, just thinking back about that, and I know I probably made it, and I know I have, no probably about it, made a ton of mistakes here, but so what are some of the common mistakes that you see people making when they manage their impressions or don't manage their impressions? Okay. Well, we, we mentioned that people are unaware of their biggest derailers, and if they knew they were mistakes, they could do something about them. But oftentimes, people don't give feedback around some of these sensitive topics, whether it's someone that has um, bad breath or dandruff or someone that continues to interrupt in meetings or dominate. Um, So some of these are habits that if we begin to ask people what would enhance my success and create an opening for people, they might begin to share and say something like, well, I really don't have a sense that you listen to me or that you have an appreciation for my role when you ask me to do things at the last minute. Or those that might be listening to speak rather than seeking to understand. And a pet peeve of many is certainly being late, which shows disrespect um, for the other person's time. And lastly, speaking over others is is another um, um, mistake. Mm. And of course, every time you mention one of those things, I, I could think of someone or some things that I do that would fall into one of those categories. Well, that brings up a good point because we all have certain tendencies. And if someone's challenged in, say, listening to people, it's not going to go away in one month. It's something that they're always going to have to pay attention to because it's a natural reaction for them. It's a habit. And it takes a while to begin to uh, alter those habits, which is why we sometimes need people to remind us and why every month we keep our uh, impression factors in front of us and constantly work on our own development as well as having our clients work on, on their development. It's ongoing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about something as you were talking earlier about derailers, and it's funny. I, again, would also love for you to comment on this. One of one of the things that I find myself drawn to, I, I always look at people's hands, Karen. Mm-hmm. When women and men, especially for men, I really like to see, you know, well handled hands. Mm-hmm. That the nails are very, very tightly trimmed and very. There's no hang nails. There's no extra nail hanging off, and I, there's something about seeing that that makes me see that that person takes care of himself and presents himself in a very professional way. There's, it's really something I never miss on a man. Well, what you bring up is that we each have our own idiosyncratic um, values mm-hmm. or standards. Mm-hmm. So for some, it might be speech patterns. For you, it's hands. For others, it's grooming. For others, it's etiquette. So we always have to remember that people look through their own perceptions. There are no real truths. 
there are people's perceptions, which we live like they are truths. So we do, when we can understand people's uh, idiosyncratic patterns or preferences, it really helps us influence them if we are aware of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like how you explain that. And one of the things I've heard you say, obviously, before is that we never are leaving an, a, a neutral impression. We're never giving a neutral impression, right? It's either positive or negative, generally speaking, right? Exactly. In fact, that's one, that's our first principle uh, on the six principles of impression management because you are never perceived in a neutral way. You are always making an impression. Mm. And that can be freeing for people or not. I view it as freeing because then we know that everything we say, everything we do makes a difference. And I know we've all been in a situation where we just wish we could take that comment back. (laughs) (laughs) And it's out of our mouth. And it's like, oh, gosh, I wish I didn't say that. And so it takes discipline and rigor and to really be mindful about some of our our tendencies. Agreed. And so well articulated, no surprise. Um, Next, I mean, before we get into the next segment, and I do want to talk about those six principles because I think that'll be important to to leave with our listeners today. But I I want to talk about dress a little Mm -hmm. bit, Karen. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I had a wonderful meeting with uh, a financial planner, and you know he's one of those people. He really does dress beautifully. His everything was perfectly pressed, uh, beautiful suit. Uh, just his whole appearance to me. There's, I was so reminded of our conversation we were going to have tonight, and he just really it made me trust him. It made me want to mm-hmm. work with him. It made me lean in. It made me mm. think he was credible. It made me. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, there, I, so I, I definitely began really thinking more clearly about what we were going to talk about today about mm-hmm. around impression management in that conversation. Yes. Well, when you looked at him, everything was in place, his attention mm-hmm. to detail. So we project out that when he takes care of your finances, he is going to look out for the details as well. Yes, that is the impression I had, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is so important because that builds and helps to develop trust. Mm-hmm. And we test trust in different ways. Um, but you have that initial positive impression, so you might be willing to test him with some of your resources. Now, no one gives all of their resources at one time, but if you felt the way you felt, you would be inclined to at least engage and see what he can do for you. You're absolutely right, Karen. And if I think about this in a contrary fashion, in other words, if I were to come to his office and he were what I might perceive to be shabbily dressed, his Mm -hmm. suit wasn't pressed, his clothes didn't go together, his hair wasn't well-groomed, uh, he wasn't well shaven. I probably would immediately think this is not my guy. Yes, yes. I don't want to. I don't want to trust him with my money. Yeah, that's really interesting. And and, and so, I, go ahead. No, I just. I so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about yeah. you know maybe some important facts around dress. Help our sure. listeners consider well, that important one, part. Um, you want it to be role appropriate. And 
And another is quality over quantity. Everyone is attracted to sales. But you really (laughs) want to think about the cost per wearing. Some of my most expensive pieces in the long run, if I divided the cost of the garment, divided by the number of times I wear it, the cost per wearing is very low. Whereas sometimes I could think, oh, I was getting a great bargain, wore it once, really did not feel comfortable, and gave it away. So the cost is actually much higher. The other tip is to know your body type. What styles, what colors, what proportions work best on you? Because when people see you, they often don't know what it is, if something is out of place or if something is in place. They just know it's either pleasing to their eye or it is not pleasing to their eye. And then it's the same thing with eyeglasses, let's say. If someone has a round face, generally round glasses would not be best for them. So it's all about balance and proportion. Hmm. Hmm, that is so helpful, Karen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Just a few tips to get, get our listeners thinking about this and really considering what they maybe could pay attention to or get some feedback on for themselves. That's, that's yeah. what I would hope for. Because when well, we look in the mirror, we really can't see ourselves. Right. That is so true. It's so, it's, what I find amazing is I look in the mirror very frequently and I miss entirely certain things that I, I'm, I'm looking for. I don't know what I'm looking for when I look in the mirror, but I just don't see myself. It's crazy. Yes. Which is why if people can even um, uh, try on different outfits and have someone take your picture or take your own pictures, lay them all out, see what you can see. See for a woman, for example, uh, what skirt length is best. For men, uh, what pant leg is best. If a man is wearing a jacket, uh, there should be about a quarter cuff of the shirt coming out below the jacket. A tie should reach the belt. Um, The collar should be consistent with the jacket and the person's face. A wider spread collar for a man deserves a wider um, knot. So again, balance and proportion. So if, if people look at themselves in different outfits, they will begin to see certain distinctions that they may not have seen before. Beautiful, Karen. Perfect way to take us up for our, to our first break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Karen Kaufman, who is the co-founder of the Kaufman Partnership. She's an executive coach, consultant, and keynote speaker specializing in executive presence using impression and relationship management. We've been talking about the importance of impression management in our careers and the results we want, a little bit about dress. After the break, we're going to talk about those six principles of impression management that she has, as well as some tips she has around communication. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you in your own driver's seat? Tune in to a program that will get you there based on what others have managed to do through challenges in their lives and how they persevered. Tune in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. On our show, we use real issues and experts to help you reclaim your life. Danielle and her guests are here to steer you in the right direction. Make sure that you are here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to harness your power. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Karen Kaufman, who is the co-founder of the Kaufman Partnership. She is an executive coach, consultant, and keynote speaker specializing in executive presence using impression management and relationship management. She is a a contributing author to six books, including one that addresses nursing leadership. She joins us today from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Before the break, we were talking about the importance of impression management on our career and our results and a bit about dress. Um, I next want to get into, Karen, if we can, I want to make sure that we share with our, our listeners those six principles of impression management that you mentioned before. I heard you talk about the first one. You might as well cover it again so it's all together. But what are the six principles that you work with? One is because you are never perceived in a neutral way, you are always making an impression. The second is that success is determined by the perceptions created in your mind I'm sorry, in the mind of yourself and others. And I want to stop there for a moment to help crystallize for your listeners the importance of self-management, being honest with ourselves, being self-aware. If we are self-aware, if we are constantly working on our own development, we will make a better impression. We will have better relationships. What makes working on purpose um, so valuable is when we grow as individuals. And we, when we grow as an individual, we grow our teams and we grow our organizations. So self-development, self-management is so important, which is why we created that principle that success is determined by the perceptions created in the mind of yourself and others. Mm, that is just really profound, really. Hmm. And to give people hope, because, you know, sometimes people say to us, do you think leaders are born or can they be created? Leadership is a set of skills, as so is impression management. So our third principle is impression management can be learned 
through goal-directed activities. Hmm. Well, and you said that something about that earlier when you said that you keep your, your list of principles out and review them, I don't know if you said daily or monthly, but that makes sense. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then our fourth is that impression management is a prerequisite for meaningful relationships. So I ask you, have you ever had a personal or a professional relationship where impressions were not made first? (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible. It really is. I can't think of one. We are hardwired. So automatically impressions are formed. Um, For example, when we speak to someone on the phone and then we meet them, we hear all the time, you look nothing like I thought you would look because pictures just pop into our head. Um, It's just natural. So we always make impressions and they are a prerequisite for the meaningful relationships. Oh, Karen, I have to jump in on that one. I just have to. One of my favorite, favorite things to do is when people talk with me on the phone or or they, even if they don't talk with me on the phone, let's say that I meet them for the first time and I do get the the shock response, which is, uh, you're not what I expected. And Mm. that the difference, the disconnect is that my name is Elise Cortez. And I think people have told me, I don't think, people have told me that they're expecting someone who has beautiful, deep olive skin lots of black hair, big brown eyes, lots of drama going on. And they get this Northern European, fair-skinned, Irish sort of based Scandinavian mutt with blue eyes and kind of brownish blonde hair. (laughs) There is a major disconnect for them and they kind of have to wrap their head around it. And I have to say, it's really fun. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, and that's, you know, the difference between the menu and the meal. <laughs> what a great way to say it. <laughs> and then the fifth principle is by managing your impression, you manage the relationship. Mm. To the extent that we can adapt and adjust depending on who we're speaking to, depending on our audience, it helps to manage the relationship. And business is really a set of conversations and a set of relationships. And to the extent that we can demonstrate that we can cooperate with others, that we can coordinate with others, that we can collaborate with others, and we show respect for others and most of all appreciation for others, that helps to um, manage the relationship. And really when people do alter their approach or alter their impression, and this is the sixth one, when you alter your impression, you alter your relationships. Mm. Yes, I hear two things coming out of me very, very strongly. One is awareness and two is intentionality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. 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 Because when you think about communication... is our intent, our intention. 20% is the content. And many of us, when we speak at a meeting or we give a presentation, we are so concerned with the content, we don't often think about how we are going to communicate, connect, and convey our messages to others. 
you know, I have to say to that, you just really reminded me of something I, that's profound. I, I have seen uh, people within within my firm deliver just really outstanding work, and one in particular that just does a phenomenal job of being able to just say certain really, really hard things that, that, that an mm. audience needs to understand, and it's so well received. And I think the reason why is because of his intention. He intends to deliver that in a yeah. way that is loving and caring and helpful, not negative, spiteful, critis- and critical. And I think that's what it is, Karen. Yes. The tone of our voice makes a huge difference mm. in how our messages are received. And and, and there's and, and in this in this case there is the message and there was also the, the the gestures that came with it too. But uh, now I really recognize that what what I think I was seeing there was that the intention was so well yes. communicated. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a it, it's a it's I want to say it's a gift, but it's a well honed gift. Mm-hmm. Yes, well-developed over the mm-hmm. years, for sure. Mm-hmm. Intentionally as well, I'm sure. Yes. And, and that, I want, to, I want you to say a little bit more about, um, number five, you said something that made me want to query a little bit deeper on this, Karen, but it's something that you said, but how do the impressions we make then affect our business relationships? What, what are, what's happening there to the extent that in terms of how we intentionally do things or unintentionally do things? All right. Well, I'll share with your listeners um, a general relationship um, profile that was developed by um, one of our teachers, uh, Dr. Robert Dado, and he uh, is a psychoanalyst, and he looked at all relationships, and he identified them in terms of three levels, casual, close, and committed, and then identified six stages. During the casual stage, there must be mutual attraction and mutual compatibility. If both parties um, feel compatible, they're comfortable, they're receptive with each other, then they begin to test trust. That was very much the example that you gave uh, yesterday with, with the financial advisor. Um, he obviously, uh, there was mutual attraction in terms of um, you wanting to maximize your resources, and I'm sure he wanted a new client. Then you both uh, um, worked to see what were the mutual compatibilities and if you felt comfortable with each other and if you enjoyed each other and you felt he was receptive to you and you were receptive to him. And then if so, then you begin to um, test trust, and that is the third stage. And if most business relationships have trust, um, business would be a lot easier uh, than it is today. Oftentimes, people rush the first two stages and go to trust too early before really the compatibilities and the mutual attraction have been established. Then there are other stages, intimacy, loyalty, and love, and they aren't necessary for business relationships, but we all know that we have had some of that in in our other relationships. And just because intimacy is present, 
or love is present, it doesn't mean that can't be broken. All relationships are fragile, which is why it is so important that we pay attention to um, and, and manage ourselves. Because, yes, relationships can be rebuilt, but it takes a while once that trust is broken. Mm-hmm. I really understand that. I've been talking about that for years in the work that I've done in, in organizations and organizational development. I really understand that. And mm-hmm. of course, we're all individual human beings and I'm frail and I make those mistakes all the time and, and get to be reminded. Yes. <laughs> Which is where humility comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yes. I want to say a little bit more about communication here, Karen. I, I want to talk a little bit about you mentioned before about some of the nonverbal and tone and how the intention is so important when we communicate but to help our listeners take away a few more things from this conversation would you say a little bit more about the importance of speaking and listening when we communicate sure everyone knows that speaking and listening is important what signals do we give people that we are listening is it a nod of a head? Is it saying, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or where did you gain your experience? So ask follow-up questions when people actually start to share something with you. It does two things. It demonstrates that you're listening, and it also demonstrates your level of interest. You know, you're reminding me, oh, I've, it's been so delicious for me over the years to do research, both for my own meaning in work and identity research, and certainly, of course, the work that I do at Insignium. But I can tell you that it's what I find really fascinating is when I'm having a really good conversation where I'm really enjoying pulling a lot of um, information or understanding from the person I'm talking with, what's really interesting is invariably they'll say, I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> and it wasn't a conversation. It was more of an interview or a monologue. But they perceived it as a conversation and perceived it as a quality conversation, which, of course, is very fulfilling for me, too. Yes. It is a gift to give people our full attention. It is. Yes, it is. And people get that so rare. Uh, Often in our seminars, we will have people time. We'll say, okay, each person in this um, triad will speak for two minutes, and the other people will uh, show and demonstrate active listening. And people, you can just feel the, the positive energy in the room because people are rarely listened to for a full two minutes. Isn't that astounding? Yes. Two minutes. Yes. Mm. It is a gift when we give people our full attention, number one, because our minds just race incessantly. And unless we actually focus our attention on another, our mind will continue to go through our to-do lists, our planning, the past, the future. So it really takes an act of, um, I'm going to use the word courage, um, to take the attention off ourself and and actually put it on someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And it really is a gift. It really, it, 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 show, it demonstrates caring. It really does. Yes. You know, I'm sure your listeners may have heard, um, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So that person that 
said, Elise, what a great conversationalist you are. You listened in such a way that showed a caring for them. And people, their favorite topic is generally themselves. <laughs> Enough about you. Let's talk about me. Right. Um, well, speaking of, of talking, we're, we've only got a couple minutes before we go into our next break already here. But I do want to talk about public speaking. And certainly when I think about impression management and relationship management, and, the, and when the higher up we go, the more we need to be able to speak well in public. So can you talk to us a little about any tips there, things to focus on, things that are important? Yes. When speaking, uh, especially in a group, having high energy is important. Mm. It makes people want to listen. People communicate their passion often through their energy. And consistent with this is sufficient volume, variety in your tone, being well organized and clear and concise in your message. That is difficult to do unless you are well prepared. And people have to prepare or people prepare in different ways. You have to find out what works for you. Sometimes people might write something out, but you always want to get clear on what is my intent? What do I want to leave my audience with? Um, How will I further my relationship with this audience? And by the end of the presentation, what are the key points and impressions I want to leave my audience with? Mm-hmm. Back to that mindfulness again, the intentionality. Yes. Yes. And I guess the first question would be, why was I asked to speak on this topic? Yeah. Very fair. And, right? I mean, why was I asked to speak? And also, who is in the audience? What are their concerns? What are their opportunities? What are their challenges? Which is why I asked you, who are your, you know, who are your listeners? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I wanted to make sure that as an interviewee, that I can be as relevant as possible. And people judge us on our relevancy, on our accuracy, and on our credibility. And all three must be present in order to have a successful presentation. Ah, so well said, Karen. Thank you for that. And again, a nice crisp way to take us up into our next break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Karen Kaufman, who is the co-founder of the Kaufman Partnership. She's an executive coach, consultant, and keynote speaker specializing in executive presence using impression and relationship management. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about how she works with individuals and, and companies to actually address this very topic. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Karen Kaufman, who is the co-founder of the Kaufman Partnership. She's an executive coach, consultant, and keynote speaker specializing in executive presence using impression and relationship management. She's a contributing author to six books, including The Kaufman Guide to Business Readiness. She joins us today from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been talking before the break about really the six principles of impression management. We talked a little bit about the speaking piece of how we manage our impression management. One thing we didn't get to before the break, Karen, that I would love for you to talk to is the nonverbal aspect of communication. I know you address this in your programs, but what can you tell us about that? We are a visual society. Mm. With that, people believe what they see. People gauge our mood from our facial expression, from our carriage, such as our walk. Are we walking in a way that we, um, we are rushed or impatient? Do we have frenetic gestures uh, when we're excited, when we're upset? Mm. Um, employees generally decide whether to ask their boss for a favor or not based on their visual impact. Some of the other things, the nonverbals that are so important, are someone's eye contact. Are they engaged? Are they, or is their eye contact removed? Um, is their mouth friendly, or does it look stern? Even someone's forehead, is it relaxed? Or does their brow look furrowed? Is their posture erect? Or is it slouched? Do they look interested in a meeting? How do they sit in the chair? I mean, this is a big one because people generally all feel that organizations have too many meetings. And their posture reflects that. So when someone is speaking, are you sitting back slouched? Or do you actually lean forward to make sure that you 
connect with them. When someone is speaking in a meeting, you will be their best friend if you actually look and even smile or shake your head. Speakers are always looking for listeners that are giving them some kind of signs and signals. And then another nonverbal are the hand gestures. Are they natural? Are they robotic? Our gestures should emphasize our points. Since we are a visual society, how are we using our gestures to help, for example, if we're speaking and we want to include everyone, do we move our hands in such a way that shows that we are including people? Or if we are saying, oh, I'm so glad that I'm here today, and then your body language is backing up away from the audience, the, of course their, their uh, little voice is going to say, no, they're not. They're backing away. <laughs> and, and then our dress. Our, our dress certainly conveys whether something is important to us or not. And dress really impacts our mood. So if we're in a bad mood that day, put on something that is our favorite shirt or favorite jacket, and it will elevate our mood. You know, that is such a great point, Karen. I I haven't thought about that, but you're, you're right. I can change my whole day with if I just change my clothes. <laughs> That's right. Just like when, look, we all learned when we were in elementary school and our parents said, change out of your school clothes. And then we put on our play clothes. So if we no longer have work clothes and play clothes, we, it, it, it doesn't alter our mood. And a lot of times if we are going to work in our play clothes, that sets a different tone than going to work in our work clothes. So true. And when I think about what you're talking about with all this nonverbal communication, Karen, it strikes me that this is where people really probably need a coach. They need somebody to be able to hold the mirror up or give them feedback about what they're actually communicating because it's got to be so innate or so, what do I say, um, um, bl- blind to them, right? They don't know that they're shaking their foot in a meeting. They don't know that they're uh, rolling their eyes sometimes in a meeting or something like that. And I would think that that would be a really important area that you coach on. Yes? Yes. And that's why we, wherever possible, we have people um, see themselves on video. We tape them presenting themselves and making an introduction and talking about their role and maybe talking about an interest or a hobby to have people see themselves more objectively. Because many of us are not aware, for example, that we might cock our head one way or the other, which has us look tentative. But yet if someone can see when we play back their video and they can see that, it's like, wow. So all of a sudden it's very enlightening. And then in the future they will feel when their head is cocked and they can make that correction because they are now uh, aware. Mm. And then on the other side of that, right, there are certain things that people do that maybe they're, they're not recognizing that are actually helping them. So as an example, I remember distinctly sitting in one of the sessions that we did for one of our clients, and I just happened to be observing it, and I watched one of our partners deliver the session, and it was masterful. And she, one of the things that she does really, really well is she ha- she uses her face really well. So she conveys all this emotion, different kinds of emotion, just with her face in just like milliseconds from, you know, glee and happiness to concern and rage. And and I gave her this feedback after the, after the session, and she said, I didn't know that. Yes. Some of what we do naturally 
we take for granted if we are even aware of it. So I talked earlier about people not being aware of their biggest derailers. People are not all always aware of their greatest strengths. So when we work with our clients, we give them balanced feedback in terms of both their impression strengths as well as their impression needs so that they can utilize their strengths to help address their needs. So, for example, if someone is very well organized and yet they need to work more effectively on their dress and grooming, they can apply their organizational skills to coming up with a plan to elevate their dress and grooming. Mm. Mm. Well, now we're getting into really, I think, the area where you start to really illustrate for us the, the connection between impressions that we make and our performance, right? That's kind of where we're headed, heading, I think, in this conversation. Yes. So say more about that, if you would, Karen. All right. There are many talent meetings where a group of leaders get together, and they are looking at the next level of talent. It's often called their bench strength. Mm-hmm. And... Since many roles are so technical, people don't always, or the leaders don't always fully understand the technical roles and their technical skills of the people on their teams. What they are aware of are how people communicate and how they convey and how they initiate and if they are sincere and if they have confidence, if they have enthusiasm, if they have optimism. And these are the soft skills or the impression skills that decisions are made. So people can have the greatest skills, but if they don't know how to communicate and convey these skills, they may be passed over which is so important because we think that, or it's natural for people to think that what got them to a certain point is going to get them to their next role, their next role, and their next role. But that is absolutely not true. Mm, That is so powerful, Karen, so important. And I do talk to people all the time. Of course, we coach a lot of executives and senior directors as well. And and that's part of what, of course, we address. And if we partner with you too, of course, and send them your way, Uh, but recognize that entirely. And one of the things that I think I even said when I described this episode is, are you not getting the results that you want? Are you not getting the promotion that you want? If so, hmm, this might be the episode for you. So I I really think that was an an important point that you made for our listeners because people say, well, I'm working so hard. I'm working so hard. How come I didn't get the promotion? I work harder than anybody else. And they're missing the point. So they want to look at or number one, have they let others know that they are interested in, in, in leadership roles? Don't let people guess. Make sure you're communicating. And also, by the relationships you build, have other people wear your T-shirt when you are not in the room. What I mean by that is have people speak positively on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Because once an impression is formed, it takes eight to ten different experiences to alter that initial impression. That is interesting. So I would think that it would be important that you equip those speakers on your behalf with what yes. you want them to say, right? Not with yes. whatever. In other words, don't just send them in saying, say something nice about me, but here's what I would like you to emphasize about me or bring That's up right. about me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So help people help you. 
you know, it's believe it or not, we're already almost out of time here. We've got just maybe a couple more minutes left to talk. So I guess I better ask you really quick. I want to make sure that, uh, that people get an understanding of how it is that you work with companies and individuals. So what does that look like when you actually work with a company or coach an individual? What does that look like? Something that companies have really valued are sending people to our one-day program. It's called Impression Management for Leaders. And we deliver this five times a year, every other month in Philadelphia. People get to find out in a small group setting how they are perceived in a first impression. And everyone is there to learn. Companies only send people, and individuals also put themselves in, that are ready for advancement, are ready to kick it up to the next level. So that's a one-day program, impression management for leaders. Also, companies bring us in as an adjunct to their other leadership programs. Since the impression management is a specialty, just like at Insignium, you do a six-month program on the high-performance leader. The Kaufman Partnership provides impression management for the high-performance leader. So we are an adjunct to other leadership programs. And then, so important today, because there are uh, less reporting levels, people need to exhibit some of these impression skills. We call that leadership presence or executive presence, and we do in-house programs. And then lastly, uh, executive coaching for uh, people that are being moved into the director or the, um, the C-suite, and that is our executive coaching programs. Got it. Thank you, Karen. Just wanted to give them give them a sense of how you actually do your work so that it didn't didn't seem abstract and how, how we actually mm-hmm. apply that. So um, any last, like, 30 seconds worth of pearls of wisdom when you think about we're talking about working on purpose here. Any last pearls of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Mm. Yes. That... We connect to our work when we connect to ourselves. Oh, my gosh, Karen. That is beautiful. What a great way to finish. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, I think our listeners did, too. Thank you. Elise, thank you so much. I enjoyed being on your show, Working on Purpose. If you want to learn more about Karen Kaufman and the work she and her husband Don do at Kaufman Partnership, visit their website. It's K, as in the letter K, partners.com. What a gifted and talented professional she is. Tremendous insights into impression and relationship management. Really, really enjoyed and got a lot of it myself. Again, Karen, thank you. Join us next week when we talk with Dr. Jeremy McMillan, who is the president of Grayson College in Denton, Texas, about the business of education and how he and his team are addressing key trends and the impact that he is trying to make with local employers to get to students working quickly once they graduate. See you next week. Remember, work is at least one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.